0: But we use coffee script not javascript blah 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 <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, it's totally different <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man
1: Welcome to episode 73 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra and I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. Hello there. And we have Jaime Lopez in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hey, everyone. All right. So what's going on? What's shaking? What's happening? What's the big buzz?
2: You know, same old, same old. You know, I sold a bunch of stuff uh, in the past week. Remember yeah. that, uh, that MacBook of my mom's that I was telling you about? Yeah. I was trying to decide whether to upgrade it or sell it as is. Uh, mm-hmm. Upgrade and sell or just sell. And I decided mm-hmm. to just sell. Um, it's so funny, you know, like, uh, you guys have... Kijiji is an American phenomenon mm-hmm. as well, right? Like, that's eBay's auctions, or, you know, classified site. Uh,
0: what, what's up with the never,
3: I literally had never heard of Kijiji until I went to NS North. Really? Because I think it's I've, I think it's I've never Canadian. heard of
0: it either. I don't know what you're Oh,
2: I didn't know that. Okay. It's, it's like Craigslist, but... Yeah, I guess it's, it's like Craigslist, but eBay owns it, I think. Do they? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I mean, they do. Mind
3: you, I used to work for one of their competitors, so I think it's purely uh, a Canadian thing. Okay. Mm. Well, okay, yeah. that
2: makes sense. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's very popular. Oh, my God, is it popular. It's huge. Um, so anything that you want to sell for free, and it's like, it's like Craigslist, except it has you know some approach to graphical interface, uh, unlike mm-hmm. Craigslist. Craigslist is of course used by many people in Canada as well, but uh, Kijiji appears to be the dominant leader. So if you want your the thing that you're going to sell to be seen by the most people, it's the way to go. Anyway, so uh, I decided to sell my MacBook or my mom's MacBook. She just gave it to me and said, "Just get rid of this." And I put it up for $150. If you remember last week, Tim, I was thinking maybe 100 bucks would be about what it's worth. So yeah. I just decided I was going to shoot the moon and put it up for <laughs> 150. Yeah. Um, I had about five or six people write to me within an hour of posting that thing.
1: Yeah. And, That's uh, a good price for a Mac.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. And for a, a modern Mac, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, when you get that much interest, you kind of get the idea that maybe I didn't sell it for too much. And uh, But it, it sure did disappear quick, and can't hate mm-hmm. that. Um, and I also sold a first-generation iPad. Um, that disappeared for $100. Wow. Hm. Um, and what else? I had... Um, uh, suffice to say, Kijiji is a pretty amazing tool that uh, we totally take for granted. I still have an iPhone 5C, 5S rather, that I have to sell. And uh, uh, I've had some interest, but uh, nothing has fallen in place yet. So, so I took all the money that I made from selling stuff, and uh, along with my own uh, little stash of money, uh, and I purchased an iPad Mini 4 over the weekend. And uh, so I had the opportunity to go to my local Apple store. It's not local at all. Um, <laughs> my nearest Apple store. Because I don't live in Toronto, and uh, I had a chance to, uh, you know, walk in, pick up an iPad Mini, and walk out again in pretty short order. It was smooth as silk. It was so nice. But um, I had the chance to look at the iPad Pro, kind of, and spend time with one for the first time. And uh, so, Tim, what, what are you keeping from me, man? Why Why were you not, like, much more enthusiastic about this? About and, what? Selling stuff? Or no, about, no, no. About the iPad Pro.
1: Oh, the iPad Pro? I, yeah. I, like, isn't that I amazing? Mean... Haven't I, like, been going well, you know, on about you've it every of... single show for the last couple of months? I'll
2: say that you bring it up. I and I, I just I don't <laughs> feel like you are as truly enthusiastic about this thing as I am now. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. and I say this. Sorry. I, sorry, I to what,
1: did, what did I miss? I was looking for some, some follow-up on what you were talking about with your equipment. Did, you looked at the iPad Pro or you bought one? Looked at. Looked at. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. Because I was in the store, right? So yeah, I'm just standing there and waiting for them to pull my iPad Mini 4 out from the back. Yeah. So I had a chance to, you know, spend some time with this iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, man. I saw yours at the Apple TV Tech Talks and, mm-hmm. you know, appreciated that it was significantly larger than my imagination supplied. But yeah. I never had a chance to really manhandle it. And now I finally did. You got to manhandle the tech, Tim. It's, it's so yeah, so key. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, with the chance to pick it up and, and heft it and hoist it around and and kind of... Hold it just in one hand, and there were no Apple Pencils on site at all. Zero. Really? Oh, wow. there wasn't one to be found. I couldn't even try an Apple Pencil. There just oh. wasn't one there.
1: Interesting, because they had, the, yeah, they had one the Center, or two at the I Demo Center. Center,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at a satellite store. It's much smaller, so I guess not. But uh-huh. even so, the size of the display is mind-blowing. It really is
1: mind-blowing. Yeah, it's it's like I think somebody described it, if you took a 13-inch um. Uh, air and rip the the screen off yeah of course through the keyboard away that's pretty much what the ipad pro is
2: yeah well you can do that exercise and i'm looking at my 12 inch retina macbook display um and i can make an attempt at picturing that being you know approximately the size of this ipad but it doesn't do it justice until you actually see it literally sitting by itself with no base attached to it and then having the chance to uh, hold it in your hands and get a sense of what you can do with something like
1: this. It changes right. the game. I think it totally changes the game. Well, I mean, and this is kind of what I've been saying, that if I was given a choice between... I, and I've always sort of been an iPad fan, but like I've been trying to say is, like, I went to uh, an appointment downtown today and I looked at my 13-inch Pro, and I was actually going for a coding discussion. I looked at my 13-inch uh, MacBook Air, which I work on every day, and I looked at my iPad Pro, and I threw the iPad Pro in the bag and walked out the door. I literally, it is my first choice of computer these days yeah it's, it's stunning i i do
2: hasten to add that i don't see myself buying one of these things uh anytime soon uh and just because i just don't feel like i could get the work done that i need to get done with it right uh you know if i have i look at my mac and i have two of them now which seems kind of ludicrous but uh the primary thing i do with my computers is code i write code and i continue to see my ipad and now you know I've, I've played my hand you can see what i'm interested in it for because it's the mini that i have primarily as a as a consumption device a reading device you know yeah. uh, my books that i read uh, twitter email do web browsing does, does That's the mini
1: something. 4 do multi mul- it does multitasking yes
2: right? it does the mini 4 okay. is is has the exact same feature set as the air 2 so it can do all the, everything that that one can pretty much anyway so It's great. It's really great. And it's so portable, so light, so easy to carry around. I really am a huge fan of it. And I'm delighted with my purchase. But Mm -hmm. I think the iPad Pro represents a completely different thing. It's not the same thing at all. I would never use it for the things that I use my mini for. Right? So, like, you can imagine, like, a couple years in the future, and this is the thing, this is the drum we've been beating on for so long now. The iPad needs professional level software. I think we did a good discussion of that last week with Tammy. Yeah. It needs better software. Uh, and developers need to take a chance on the pricing troubles, uh, that we're having right now in order to bring that sort of thing to market, right? But it wasn't until I actually laid my mitts on the iPad Pro that I got the religion, if you will, that, uh, there, there's no reason, none at all, that there shouldn't be or couldn't be much better software for this. Uh-huh. And that remains the huge stumbling block.
1: Well, it's interesting that, that, that and we we'll are probably talk about CES a little bit as well today, but I've seen a lot of, I saw an iPad Pro in the wild a couple of weeks ago. At a, I was walking through one of our downtown stores at a pasta food court, and there was a guy literally had the, key, the, the iPad Pro keyboard, the, the, the keyboard case cover thing that Apple makes. The Apple Smart had, Keyboard. Yes. Yeah, and he had it sitting up there. And, and as I walked by, I kind of thought, oh, there's a guy with a Surface. And then I did a double-taking, went, no, that's an iPad Pro. And I saw another uh, image from uh, another keyboard manufacturer on uh, that's at, I think at CES that has a, a much better looking keyboard case for the uh, iPad Pro, and it looks more like it. I mean, I didn't see much of the of the the shot. The shot just sort of sort of showed top down looking at the keyboard, but it looked kind of like how you would you know how you you attach a, a surface onto the Microsoft keyboard at the hinge, if you will, right? Yeah. So it looked more like a laptop. You're talking about po- the bridge for iPad Pro. Yeah, yeah. It's a so, clamshell so,
2: backlit keyboard case.
1: Yeah, sort of thing. And it wasn't, it wasn't the one that we've all seen already, which is the, um, oh, what's the other one I've got? It uh, begins with an L. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, Logitech? Logitech, yes, yeah, yeah. So I, there's a Logitech one that, that was available on day one pretty much. But now more and more are starting to come out yeah. to support the Yeah, I mean, we've Pro.
2: seen this style of case for iPads, not the Pro, but for other iPads. Right. Um, and think, and it's got a clamp. Yeah.
1: Right. And Evan, Evan, our our favorite young uh, developer, Evan Deckheiser, has just written a, um, a, a kit called KB Kit, I think it is, for supporting navigating uh, like that. You can put into your apps that'll help you navigate through UI Kit using the keyboard. So you'll be able to like, select table rows and navigate through table rows with up arrow and down arrow kind of actions as well to sort of make it more like a laptop, if you will, right?
2: Oh, really? So, yeah, um, yeah. But that has to be included on a per-app basis, right? Yeah,
1: he literally just published it today, I think. He was just working on the logo and stuff like that when I saw it earlier today. Literally? <laughs> literally? Literally? Like, like, literally? Literally. Like it's hot off the press. In I fact, think that you've was got a, a new word. <laughs> that was, a, that was a, 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 um, a MTJC scoop, right? So, Oh, fantastico.
2: So yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. And I, I I really um like the look of this platform and uh you know, ready to repeat what I said before unchanged that Apple uh. really needs to do something about this operating system for the iPad. Uh they really need to improve it because right now, um it's really showing its uh its its uh inappropriateness for that size screen. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Uh it seems it's, it's like a novelty check, you know? You see a novelty check, they hold it up, and like three people have to hold it up, and it's like, you know, yeah. a check doesn't have to be this big. Um, by the same token, uh, an iPad screen, you know, this UI doesn't have to be this big, I guess. Uh, I'm looking for... I, I'm, I'm certain that Apple's working on it, right? they got to be. You know, I think we're going to have watchOS, tvOS, iPhoneOS, and iPadOS. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I, I hope I'm not crazy. So that's, that's, that's my thing on the iPad Pro, and uh, it's, it's very exciting. Is there anything that anybody cares about regarding the iPad Mini 4?
1: Uh, like questions and answers, you mean? Yeah, or? Sure. sure. yeah, Anything like that. Um, what do you love about it? What do you hate about it?
2: Well, I like that it's small.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, so know, this, is your first, this is your first... Oh, I know you had a Mini before. I did, yeah. I bought the original iPad Mini when
2: it came out, and which was basically an iPad 2 uh,
1: yeah.
2: in the smaller body. So, same... Uh, low res display in the same mm-hmm. a five I think at the time the processor mm-hmm. um, it was never a terribly fast computer uh ipad and uh it was however incredibly light and portable, but uh no retina display and yeah, I think I still
1: have mine by the way, so don 't speak too ill of it
2: well i i won 't i mean it's 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 <laughs> like i said, super portable and great to read on um the you know and that's that 's really what it came down to when I got the ipad air uh that was like I had the mini until I got the air. And um, I love the Air because of the, the Retina display. It was my first Retina iPad. And because it was also light. Like, it was dramatically lighter than the iPad 4 before that, right? So you've got the 9.7-inch the series of iPads. iPad, iPad 2, iPad 3, iPad 4, and then the Air, right? And so when the Air came out, it was so thin and light that it sort of competed with the characteristics of the Mini such that I thought I could get away with it. So that's why mm-hmm. I ended up with that model. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, when the iPad Mini Four came out, it took all the features of the iPad Air Two, which you know included super fast processor. Like that's the big thing with the these current generations of iPads is that they are dramatically faster than everything that came before it, right? Um, but it also has this incredibly thin and light profile. So, and um, I guess what happened is I kind of you know sat back and realized what it was I was using this iPad for. You know, despite all my hopes that the iPad would become sort of a a productivity tool, a work device if you will, uh, where I might do a lot of text entry and so I was you know I spent a lot of money on keyboards over the years and kept trying to fit it into that way. but I had to come to realize that that 's just not how i 'm using it i'm i'm using it to read basically uh, and i 'll tap out the occasional tweet and email, but uh, very little in the way of productivity, so having the iPad mini. Uh, is sort of a recognition of, you know, what exactly I use an iPad for. And that's why I have it. It was almost a ridiculously easy decision. Um, So, you know, and then, of course, at the same time, the iPad Pro is coming out, and here's Apple saying, well, look, you know, you still think the iPad's for productivity. Well, here's the hardware to do that. Um, But I know that the
1: software is not ready for it. Uh, The Mini 4, though, to me, is the perfect iPad. Okay, no, and that, well, I, I, as a mini fan myself, I can't disagree with you, right? Because uh, I think that that uh, I didn't buy the three because I was disappointed. The three wasn't enough of an upgrade. It didn't have touch ID. Well, it did have a touch ID, right? There was something about it that was uh, under, or the processors weren't up to speed, or something like yeah, that.
2: Yeah, they weren't. But I'm pretty sure that the Air Two is the first iPad to get Touch ID. Uh,
1: m- yeah, maybe the first. That's sh- no. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because yeah, the. That's uh, true.
2: Yeah, the iPad Air 2 came out, and then the, the next newest iPad is this Mini 4. Really? Okay. Yeah, because okay. remember, Apple didn't... Oh, wait a second. The, they no, no,
1: I think because I, lo- I was waiting for an iPad Mini that, oh, that had Touch ID because I was smitten with Touch ID once I had it on my, uh, my iPhone 5S, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I didn't last yeah, year... Yeah, because there I- was a
2: Retina Mini 2 or 3. Retina Mini Yeah, 3. 3, yeah. And yeah. that's all they did was added the Touch ID.
1: Yeah, but they didn't—they didn't increase the processors and whatever. The motion right. chip was the same, so that that's why I, I didn't—I didn't think it. And for the price, I didn't think it was a worthwhile investment, you know. So I went ahead and, and bought the iPad Air two. So I kind of leapfrogged you guys because I went from an iPad three to a mini to a what have you, uh, iPad Air two, and now the iPad Pro, right? So right. Okay. But I, I, one thing that's interesting—I is, is made a comment about the. The uh, One thing about the iPad Pro, you know how things get so big that they, they become unmanageable? I have the silicon case from Apple, right, which now has, after like a month, uh, it doesn't quite fit anymore because it's, it's kind of, I must have stretched the rubber somehow because um, it doesn't quite sit on the thing as nice and clean as it did when I first got it. So, yeah, yeah and I think that just has to do with the, with the mass of it, right? You know, it's just so big. Really? Well, that's... Yeah. Yeah, you should, maybe you should take it back. <laughs> like no, the next for what, time you, for what I paid for it, you're damn right. I should well, take exactly. It back. You shouldn't.
2: I don't think that should happen.
1: Yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of like one of the it's like a dead pixel kind of argument, right? So like, are they really going to care? Right? It's, it's probably worth finding out. I mean, especially given the number
2: of times you go into the Eaton Center store. Uh, you know, and you've probably got the thing on you anyway, so why not pull it out and ask them?
1: Yeah, well, actually, uh, I don't have a reason to go to the store anymore because yesterday I got the notification that my pencil is finally shipped. Hey-oh! They managed to catch a phoenix and pluck its tail feather and make me an iPad uh-huh. and a pencil, so, uh-huh. yeah.
2: Well, congratulations, but... Yeah, uh, so it arrives
1: tomorrow, apparently.
2: I don't know. I think you'll find a way. You'll find a way to get to the Eaton Center. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, when you do, you should ask them. You should drop that and, like... I'm uh, happy for your pencil, but not, not about the case.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I've got plenty of, like, I, I was, as you were. I just noticed your link here about your case, and I, my, my iPad air AirPater 2, I wanted to check and see what case I had for that. I still have the case in my hand. I had an Incipio case. Um, that's sort of a similar kind of rubbery uh, material, but uh, and I never had a problem with that one fitting. But, yeah, it's... Right. Uh, hmm. I've always, I've always gone towards leather cases. I prefer those, but... Uh, and I recently just bought a Targus 13-inch um, laptop bag that I use for my iPad Pro. So, okay. So when I'm out and about, you know, I've got a shoulder bag. Got to it. accessorize. Yeah, I've got a fantastic bag that I'm
2: just in love with. Um, it's an in-case bag, mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of like a saddle bag uh, shape, or, or sorry, not a saddle bag, a um, mes- messenger, I don't know if bag. messenger messenger. But it's a uh, it goes across your chest, the strap. Yeah. Um, and it uh and it rides on your back. It's mm-hmm. like a it's mm-hmm. like a camelback. Uh, but it's very small, and it holds my 12-inch MacBook and my iPad, um, and it's got a nice storage pocket, and it's really sharp looking. Uh, cool. I bought that f- several months ago, and uh, have have really been enjoying it since. So uh, I should put a link in that. I will find that <sighs> and put that in the show notes for people who give a crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, incase.ca close for maintenance.
1: What? <laughs> They must be be rolling
2: out something for CES, I'm sure. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure that's it. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of of silence over there from the U.S. Maybe a bit (laughs) of follow-up. So I think at some point we talked about
3: some sort of app that does um, like a coloring book kind of thing. Yes. And I think it was in relation to the Apple Pencil. That's um, right. I will have to say, so this is anecdotal data, which is the best kind of data, of course. Um, (laughs) But when I was traveling... I had to go visit family on the airplane, I did see, I think, three people over four flights total. Um, Roughly, I don't know, early 20s to early 30s, so roughly around college age type people, just to give you a bit of flavor. And they did have coloring books. Um, I didn't. I didn't ask any of them. Unfortunately, like, hey, like, wh- why do you do this or one, so on and <laughs> so forth. But, but it is something that I had not seen on airplanes before. So, but it's it's trend. It's trending these days. It's definitely definitely trendy. So, I mean, it might trendy. be the kind of thing that could be cashed in on in early 2016, right before things get flooded. You know, uh-huh. just go find some um, off the shelf. I'm sure there must be like. You know, public domain or Creative Commons related stencils that you can get out there, slap them into an app, throw it up there, do it in app purchase model or something. Couldn't be that hard of an app to put together.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, there is a really good one for the iPad Pro that's uh, super popular. It's called Pigment. Um, is this the one you're thinking of? Is that the one that's um,
3: like a subscription model? You get like a year subscription. Sort of I do thing. not know.
2: Uh, I didn't look too deeply into it, but I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about it. Um, I'll paste a link in to the net review of that that software. Um, and so it's, it's made specifically for the iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil, right? Oh. So uh, grown-ass people are taking their iPad Pros and uh, coloring in fine detail with this app.
3: Yeah, I guess it's supposed to be kind of soothing, right? It's something that people can do without really... You yeah. to engage all of your brain, just kind of
2: zone out and kind of enjoy yourself. Hmm. I think that's exactly it. I, I read an article about it where people are getting um, repetitive strain injuries <laughs> in their hands and arms from spending hours and hours coloring. Oh, really? Again, grown-ass men and women who do this.
1: How come so, kids don't get RSIs?
2: Uh, they're too young. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They oh. get it later. <laughs> if they continue the bad habits they develop as children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm tell you i'm having a heck of a time finding this uh this bag from the incase website shame on them it was interesting i didn't really believe it until i saw it myself Huh? Oh. well these you aren't know,
3: like, your kid coloring books right um no they're yeah? they're kind of like that uh that pigment app that you put uh, we'll have in the show notes that they're you know it's not like mickey mouse or or even star wars or something it's kind of more geometric patterns um kind of more like a, you can imagine going to a restaurant and there's like a fresco in the background somewhere that has a sort of pattern on it to kind of put you at ease.
2: My daughter yeah. got a couple of these for Christmas and she's, she's 12 and uh, you know, because they're so popular, you know, this seems, seems like something that kids might like. And turns out she does enjoy doing it. She'll, she will sit there for 20, 30 minutes at a time with uh, her pencil crayons and mm-hmm. color in this book with this, you know, intricate detail, nature scenes. Um, sort of a similar level of detail as what you see in that in that app.
1: Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Do you want to talk about CES? So I've got a link to some uh, a roundup that I found on um, I guess nine to five Mac on some of the products that have come out specifically for iPhone and iPad, Mac and Apple Watch. But I mean, let's just throw in there and open it up to anybody want to throw something out about CES and what's going on down there and what you've seen, what you've heard, well, what's cooking, what is cooking, what's nothing. going on. <laughs> Well, let's let's do a follow up then on this five in one hub USB C hub that um, I sent. I sent you a link today. Had you already, had you already bought it at that point, or no? I, I bought it. You told me about
2: it basically, so I okay. Bought it. Yeah, uh, it it checked all the boxes. So done and done. That's that's what I was looking for. The price was right for the
1: people driving in cars. What were those boxes you wanted to check?
2: All right, let's have a look. So this is the Hyper USB Type C five in one hub with pass through charging. That's one box. So. What this is, is um, it's very similar to that Kickstarter we talked about uh, in the past. Um, it was called Hub Plus, which was a failed Kickstarter that had a USB hub that plugs right into the side of your, uh, your MacBook 12 and provides a, a pass-through port so that you can have it plugged in, but also a couple other USB ports so that you could actually, you know, do other stuff with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this also includes a couple of different sized SD ports. So if you've got a micro micro SD card or a standard side SD card, uh, mm-hmm. you can plug these in too. So there's five things that you can jack in. So um, when, that, when that project failed, I was sort of looking around for anything else that might fit the bill. There, and there has been nothing until, until this one has come out. Uh, I've seen others uh, announced, but uh, this seems to be the best one. Um, It's made specifically for the MacBook. So it comes in the same three colors that the MacBook MacBook comes in um, and is made out of aluminum. And it's very small. It's not a desktop hub. So this Uh isn't uh, intended anyway as a way to sort of dock your computer at the desk. Although it could. I mean, it's not saying it can't. But it's really meant to be taken with you so it's as portable as your MacBook is. It'll slip into my bag without any problem at all. Uh, and if I ever have need of charging plus having something plugged in, say, an iOS device that I'm doing development with, uh, I can readily do it with this thing. So uh, that's what's got me excited about it. And when uh, Tim posted the link about it today, uh, it's it's on sale as it, at an introductory price. It's normally $70 US. Uh, they have it for 50 And there was a link from the 9to5Mac site that gave you a further $10 discount. So oh, when you nice use stamp. the 9to5Mac as a, a coupon code you get $10 off. So it brings the price down to uh, $40 and there is a uh, $10 shipping. So <laughs> that got shipped to me. Um, and uh, that paid for the shipping. So uh, it ended up costing me $50 us and it'll be here when it gets here. I don't know when. So um, cool. I'll report back and let you know if it works. Okay. But uh, you know, hopefully it does yeah we've seen others that are sort of intended as as docs as desktop docs, which are you know much larger uh maybe have more in them. Like in mm-hmm. the Ethernet, for example, which would be too much for this thing, um, but that sort of thing. Like we're not we're not looking at something like that. I'm just looking for something to have in my bag along with
1: my MacBook. So I'm curious too. On the same link or page that I originally got this article from, um, on the roundup, the 2016 roundup, yeah. Griffin also has a breakaway MagSafe type adapter for USB-C. Is that a? Do you think that's an issue for you guys or an issue in what sense? Well, I mean, like as my dog regularly knocks my my power cord out oh, of the out great. of the. You know, my Mac, and when he's on the couch with me or whatever, he's, you know, clumsy and doesn't respect my Mac as much as I do. He is a dog. So, yeah, so he kind of trips on the cable all the time, which is what the original... I remember when the first they shipped this thing out, it's like, your dog's going to knock your laptop off the desk, and but the safe will make it safe, right? Yeah. So, so uh, Griffin's got an adapter, I guess, that has sort of a, a breakaway kind of feature as well that you could add to the end of your... Presumably, the end of your USB-C power cable, right? So, yeah. So
2: it's a, it's a magnetic clip that plugs into the USB port, and it has a magnetic end that uh, pairs with their included uh, cable, which snaps in magnetically. So, to me, I'm I don't think that's kind of a big deal uh, because the MacBook, this MacBook, was made specifically to be used untethered. Um, you know, oh, it right. it is a Mac, and it has the same limitations of any other mo- notebook that apple makes um so it does not have infinite battery life by any stretch Mm -hmm. um but that was sort of their thinking they're trying to ipadify the macbook right yeah uh because you know you don't you don't use your ipad while it's plugged in right by the same token you don't use your macbook while it's plugged in
1: Mm -hmm.
2: um and you know people will roll their eyes at that sort of thinking um but that's actually exactly what i do i i don't i hardly ever use it while it's plugged in um i keep uh, a plug at my desk. When I'm using my iMac or not computing at all, my MacBook is, is plugged into that power. But if I ever want to use it, uh, I got to unplug it and walk away with it somewhere. Uh, and that's that's how I work. And so something like this
1: doesn't really mean much to me. By the way, the other product that I mentioned earlier, I just found the link. It was on the same page. It's from a company called Bridge with a Y. Bridge. Um, I told you that one. Oh, you told me about that? Bridge. Yeah. Bridge. Okay. Just I, don't, don't listen to me, Tim. I feel like you just don't listen to me anymore. I don't, Aaron, you just go on and on and on. Yeah, um, we've heard but that any... <laughs> from our listeners, yes. <laughs> but... Uh, was, so you, this is the one I was talking about earlier. I just wanted to mention this to the show. Folks or people listening to the show. But it's a backlit keyboard, which I think is kind of cool. But again, it sort of makes it makes your, your iPad into a laptop type of affair, except for the fact that it runs on iOS. I mean, the things I, I caught from the 9to5Mac stuff
3: is one that I think I'd seen somewhere else from the CES notes that are coming out, like the um, plethora of things for the Apple Watch, primarily chargers. Ooh most interesting one to me, um, even though I don't think I would ever use it, is the, uh, I think it's the Griffin one, that's like a little keychain sort of brick. Specific, oh, I think specifically for the watch. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't personally have this problem of running out of charge with mine, I guess because I don't go on, uh, you know, sort of uh, exercise tours, which probably means I lead too much of a sedentary life. Um, <laughs> however, for people who actually are... You know, relatively active and use their apple watch as a fitness tracker sort of thing um this could be for them but i think most of the complaints i've heard about battery life have come from people who do use the uh, fitness tracking aspect
1: yeah I, I don't think my yeah exactly i think i turned that off and that may have been part of uh the, the original watch uh os um i haven't really played around with the fitness stuff when because that was that was it was draining my my phone and my watch at the same time but uh when I was going out and about and using that feature. And I think other people complained about that too, right? But, um, yeah, I wonder I'd have to go back. Because you're right, I, I very rarely have a problem with my battery on my watch. My phone, for sure. Like, I've noticed ever since the, the watch came out that the phone team, seems to run out of out of juice. And, and we're talking about an iPhone 6 Plus as well, right? Which, when it first came out, was great on the battery. So I don't know if it's iOS 9 or... Something else that's uh, chewing through the battery on these devices. That's weird. Yeah, I haven't noticed
2: that. Like my my phone gets as much life as it ever has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there might be something mm. wrong with your phone. Yeah, could be.
1: Who knows? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't run out of juice every day. I mean, it, but I do charge it every night, kind of thing. Oh, right? you, so. you have to do that. Yeah.
2: Like I typically, when I'm putting my phone in my dock at night, at bedtime, it's uh, thirty, forty,
1: fifty percent. Yeah. But rarely under. Right. Well, we started. Um, Speaking of the CES stuff, um, my wife's always going on about, you know, she wants to have the house automated and things like that. So we started buying some HomeKit devices for Christmas. Yikes. So we, so we bought some lights, and uh, so we have the little Philips space station now. They've come out with a, a lower model that doesn't have Wi-Fi built in, so I think you can just plug it in through Ethernet. Um, but, yeah, we're getting into that kind of stuff. and Because uh, we have a lot of our, our you know light panels with dimmers and, and uh, timers and stuff like that to turn things on and off. Did you, see, uh,
0: did you see this uh, Siri-controlled wall outlets? Well, that's what I was looking at. Is yeah.
1: Some of these, some of these other devices. Like one of the cool things about the Philips thing, we really, literally, only started playing with it last week, but. Um, uh, one of her complaints, is she's out about does costume work, and so she comes home late at night. And we have timers on our front porch, and very often she'll come home after the, the lights have gone out, sort of thing. Um, but one of the cool features about HomeKit now is you can set your a timer on your on your uh, your phone so that when you when you come within proximity of the house, certain lights will turn on. You know, similar to the so that so that you have you know when you when you leave the house, things will turn off, and when you come back home, things will turn back on which um, can be you know, convenient for people, especially females traveling at night kind of thing, you know. And as, you know as much as we've got the lights to basically, you know, the, the smart lights from Philips, so now we're thinking about the wall outlets and that kind of stuff as well, right, to replace some of our manual timers that we have now, right?
2: Hmm. I always get concerned about these things because they're taking something that is a, a commodity-priced item, like a <laughs> wall outlet, and multiplying its price, you know, by dozens fold, <laughs> yeah um, I really you know have a hard time with this i I, I think that this stuff needs to come down in price uh, because to be truly effective. Uh, smart outlets and smart lights have to be u- ubiquitous, right?
1: You know, like, well, and, and I think I like will. they In your house. Will. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I have a Nest thermostat. I've had it for over a couple of years now. Like, uh, you know, uh, got it before Google bought them. Mm. Um, you know, and now Honeywell's come out with one that works with HomeKit. So, the, I mean, the thing to do now that I'm going through, when I go through stores and look at this stuff is I look for HomeKit because obviously as a developer I want to basically, you know, write my own stuff, right, to uh, yeah. manage my own house, as it were, right? As opposed to having to go to... But it's kind of cool. Like You can manage your lights from the cloud. So I can be sitting in San Francisco and turn the lights on at home and put them on disco mode. And you know. no. Can you use Siri to do that from your phone? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I would, th- would, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't see why not. Do you really want to do that? <laughs> no, not, not really. Not really. But if, I, but if I was a 12-year-old grandson of mine, I probably would. Yeah, he thought, he thought about that doing that the other day when we were at his house. He's like, hey, we could turn the lights on from here. He bought himself a Pebble watch for Christmas, right? So with his Christmas money he went he couldn't couldn't wait for the Apple Watches to go on sale in April when you know we all go to watch 2.0, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so he bought himself the, the the bottom of the line Pebble watch, which I think is a 129 or something like that. Sure. So it, yeah. so he but of course it also has apps you can put to control the Philips lights, which is what he was playing with. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. I I, I got to see a a lot
2: better than what I have to get me thinking about HomeKit. Yeah appliances because well uh,
1: here's an example and this has been the use case for us for years. We have a cottage up in up in north of peterborough, right? And, you know, we, we have a composting toilet, so it's conceivable that we could go up in the middle of winter because we don't need, we don't need plumbing, right? We bring our own water and that kind of stuff. But it would be really nice if on the way to the cottage we could say, hey, cottage, we're arriving in four hours. You know, turn on the, turn on the heaters, get the place warmed up, you know, because it takes like a day for everything to get, you know, warmed up. Do you have internet up there? Uh, we don't, but that yeah. would be the next step. Would obviously get some problem. sort of get sort of you know either dial, we had dial up at one point, but uh, you know there is there is point uh, what do you call it uh, point uh, re- line of sight uh, internet up there, and um, so you could conceivably have a, a device that would run there. Like some some of the composting toilets, all you have to do to to, u- to keep them going is f- is power one light bulb. The heat off one light bulb is enough to keep things from freezing, right? So hmm. So theoretically, you know, you could drive into the cottage and rather than getting up there and freezing for a day and a half, you could at least get the house warmed up before you get there. That's, that's a case where you could say, you know, that's, that's something that HomeKit would be useful for. That's a pretty rarefied use case. <laughs> not if you right. go every weekend. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Not yeah. if you go every weekend.
2: Not if you have internet working reliably at a cottage. Uh, I don't know. Yeah? Well, the, the, the lake that we're at. HomeKit-powered compost toilet. The,
1: the 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 uh it's coming. The uh, you just gave twenty guys an idea. Yeah. But uh, the uh, well do it. it. It's yeah. It's not a shitty product as so you think it is. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> but um uh there are people up the, up at our lake who live there year round. I mean so there's no reason why you know right. these kind of services don't exist right. So
2: yeah yeah yeah. Just my experience with cottage country is that it's uh, not a reliable place for internet at all.
1: I don't know. I've been using three uh, G and Edge and LTE up at my cottage for about ten years now, so I love it. I go, up there um, and work. I go up there and work all the time.
2: Yeah, but you need to have it always on at your cottage, right? So you got to get DSL or cable. Um, yeah, they don't have, have that a, out there. They have
1: no. point. They have line of sight. You know, put an antenna up on your roof and. and uh, that kind of stuff. I've, I mean, clients of mine live out in Ancaster, and they have the same same type of challenges as well, right? Ancaster I heard to, is civilization, man. It's not cottage country. Yeah, but but still, there's no cable. There's no, you know, it's still in the middle. Of, it's still relatively rural. I mean, I heard, I read the other day that dial-up is gone, right? Well, I, I know of clients who still use dial-up, you know, because that's, all, that's the best they can get out there, right? Yeah. All right, anyway, HomeKit. HomeKit. It's awesome. No,
2: okay. <laughs> HomeKit. <laughs> you got to talk faster to get me into it
1: <laughs> all right, okay all right. what else is going on what, what else is exciting and well besides all, all the robots and stuff that you see at HomeKit and the and the electric cars in the c
2: s yeah the electric car stuff, you yeah. see the chevy um v- bolt
1: the bolt, bolt yeah
2: mm-hmm. uh is coming soon uh that's that seems interesting to me mm-hmm. uh because you know i 'm not a car guy and I, I hate to talk about cars and because i 'm not into them at all, but um I am interested in the possibilities and the feasibilities of electric-powered vehicles. Uh, the Bolt seems like the very first entry that will feasibly bring electric cars to the masses because, mm-hmm. uh, in the States anyway, they're targeting a sub-$30,000 price, and it has a 200-mile range, which is about 350 kilometers or so. Right. Now, are you talking about
0: the Volt? Chevy Volt? b b, b- bolt B. Different in, than the Volt.
2: That's right. Yeah. The Volt has been out for a couple for years. A long time. But the yep. Bolt – the Bolt is their new entry, and it's a mm. it's a four door uh, sedan, small, but uh, has a 200 mile range and will cost under thirty thousand dollars after the the, uh, the tax incentives. So uh, that's an that was,
1: American was, price, though, right? That's an
2: American price. I don't know right. what it's going to be like eighty thousand in Canada, but yeah. Ours um, Technica did a really nice uh, video introduction to that model, um, and it's launching in 2016, so it's going to be out. Anytime now. Um, so I, th- I thought that was really cool. Uh, here, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, uh, in the document, and then you can put it in the show notes, s'il vous plaît.
1: For the people driving in their cars? In their yeah,
2: they can, they can pull over in their cars and then uh, have a look. So
1: let's put this <laughs> right here. I'll just leave this right
2: here. So check it out. Yeah, so that sort of thing is exciting. But there was another company called Faraday Future... Uh, which people thought was an Apple Shell Corporation, uh, the the people making the Apple car, Project Titan. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it turns out they're not. They are mm. uh, funded by a Chinese video streaming service, and they are making a big push into the U.S. market with electric cars. And they, they showed off a concept car, which has no bearing on reality at all. So oh. I don't know what the hell they were doing, but everybody was so excited about it that they went on for a whole day on this uh, Fair Day Futures car. Uh, so... It's apparently a platform on which they can flexibly build any kind of model car. So um, that was weird. It was just weird. Okay. That's all. But I think you can say that about most things at CES. They're weird. You kind of scratch your head and move on. Um, you know, it's CES, right? Yeah. Could, could you repeat what the Chinese company does? Because I, I may have misheard you. Uh, I said they are a video streaming service. They are like a Chinese I Netflix.
3: Yeah. So is, is this like a long-term play for automated cars? Like hey, why don't you watch Chinese Netflix
2: on the way to work? Yeah, I have no <laughs> Buy idea. Buy Oreos. I, I'm guessing it's a di- it's a diversification strategy uh, to leverage their their huge revenues in China with uh, a different industry.
1: Yeah, I saw them on Discovery this, uh, Discovery TV just a little while ago. It was Faraday, you said right? Faraday Future. All right, as we all try and remember how to spell Faraday. One R. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll,
2: it's I'll called La it TV. La tv letv and it's actually not the company itself that's invested in this it's the owner the uh, billionaire. oh i see right he cashed in 1.2 billion of his own shares mm-hmm. um in his own company uh and then you know how relevant is it yeah, 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 yeah we'll see <laughs> um you can see that there's there's a certain concentration of effort happening around automobiles right that uh companies that were not had nothing to do with cars are now getting into them, uh, and you know, as as part of our own mandate is more than just code, but as uh, inside the Apple ecosystem, uh, we're going to be starting to talk more about cars as 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 Project Titan comes closer to fruition. Yes, and uh, Jaime has just yeah, pasted a the link in the show be apps notes for cars? here. Uh, yeah, well, sure, I mean, like we've got CarPlay today, right? And so you can write a CarPlay app. So why wouldn't CarPlay be the centerpiece of an Apple car? you know or you know it's at least feasible
1: yeah it was one of the things on the uh, 9 to 5 article was uh ford i think or somebody's come up with a carplay oh, yeah ford
0: is is uh, is on board with it and pioneer now has a third party uh, carplay
2: yeah they just updated them they they had they've been shipping them for about a year now uh but like uh, it seems like most car makers are jumping on board to carplay now ex- with the notable exception of toyota Uh, who just announced that they will not be using CarPlay. Uh, Really? (laughs) Thereby ensuring that I will never buy another Corolla. (laughs) Hmm. Um, But uh, it seems most other companies are, like uh, Volkswagen, for example, uh, much maligned and troubled these days. Uh, Nonetheless, um, most of their new models in 2016 offer CarPlay support. And JBL's got something for CarPlay as well. I'm not a big fan of aftermarket um, car audio, stereo, video components. Really? or the idea of them you know like you you spend quite a bit of money like it's a 600 hundred dollar thing uh and then you have to get it installed and it's kind of janky putting it Mm -hmm. into your existing console you know you should really get someone professional to do it but by
1: the same token though you can if you buy the one from the car dealer you're going to spend three times that yes but it'll be beautifully integrated into this
2: the car right i think it uh it just looks better and then, of course, you know, you put a, a third-party component into your car, and it becomes a huge magnet for thieves, as I have discovered in my checkered past. I used to live in an apartment building in Scarborough. Oh, I thought and you were
1: a car thief in the past.
2: No, I, I, I've had my car broken into uh, about half a dozen times oh, yeah, yeah. in the space of a few months living in this one apartment building in Toronto sure, yeah. uh, back in 2000. So uh, you you see a, a third party stereo in your car, and you might as well rip it out and hand it to the first ruffian to walk by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. what what? How how unlikely is it that uh, the same thing won't happen with a CarPlay stereo? Well, yeah.
1: I'm, I could say a lot, a lot of things about car thefts. I mean, we've had gar- bags of garbage stolen from our car it's like shake my shake my we just don't, we can't keep anything in our cars can't in, keep anything in your cars that's right in the cities but you know. yeah I, I think a friend of mine was telling me about his car in new york and he basically had put a sign in the window saying doors are unlocked there's no money and there's no radio yeah that's right yeah that's one of the big things like i had a car um that
2: had a i, I installed a third-party stereo in my car and yeah. of course it got stolen um and so one of the You know, great things is that I, I, when I bought my next car, I made sure factory model stereo. I do Mm -hmm. not want to upgrade it. I don't want to change it out because it's just going to get stolen. And did it get stolen? Never. No, like a a factory model car (laughs) stereo is not going to get stolen. Nobody wants those. Right, right, right. Anyway, that's, that's a way more than just code, Tim. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's (laughs) okay. Well, let's move on from CES then, since you're about to fall asleep. So,
1: Jaime. Um, you put some things on here, shack, sh- stack, and share, stack, stack share. share. Yeah.
3: Uh, so, you know, it's the beginning of the year and people are doing all sorts of things like, Oh, what should I get into tech wise? Or maybe you're starting at a new place and you're like, Oh, I kind of wonder what everybody's up to. If you wanted to know, Hey, what does, um, Slack itself use, right? So if you, if you search for Slack, you can see that there's both an entry for Slack, the tool. Right. you can see what companies are using that we can also see like well what sort of tools does slack itself use underneath the covers and so it's kind of nice and interesting to compare what people are doing
2: weird I'm trying to make sense of this hi I'm look I just searched for slack and I see yes yeah, so so look at stacks slack.
3: right and you can see that they're using um, stacks
2: okay here we are
3: interesting kind of interesting that they're using PHP and uh, Apache HTTP server um, you know Android and Stack. iOS as you would kind of Expect. And then their back end, they're using Amazon CloudFront, which tells me what they're doing for their CDN. They're using SendGrid for transactional email, as opposed to like MailChimp or um, it's like Baboon or something. I forget what the. What the
2: I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not following this because I, I picked Sl- stacks after the Slack search result, and I see things that are everything other than what you're talking about. I see Prudio. Oh, these are people who
1: are using Slack. I think. Oh, are
2: these thing. other companies? No, because I see like how Soylent ships a trillion calories per month.
1: It's like an article. Like, what are stacks? Let me see here. I'm confused, Tom. Huh? I think I'm it's confused. a collection of what tools these other companies use, so you can. So in, if, if you I put if you stack. put in Slack, then you're going to find companies that are ah, have said that they I use Slack. I see it Slack, now. Right? Yes, I I I
2: had to drill down into Slack itself. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. Why? PHP and why patch. would anyone
0: do this? What's the motivation for putting your tool set out in the like
2: if you're Slack, why would you share this information?
0: Yeah,
3: so I think the one aspect that comes immediately to mind is um, a little bit of self promotion, particularly for recruiting. It's like, hey, you know, look, we're using a sexy new like Docker, let's say, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's why Docker is right there in the front because Docker's the hot new thing. Uh, it's something that we even mentioned that you know some lucky gentleman or gentle lady over at IBM got a chance to play around with with Swift, right? So, I think it's a it's not real obvious to me how these people would make money and ultimately how they'll stay in business. But at least for the time being, if you did want to see what does Netflix use, what does Slack use, uh, what does Heroku itself happen to use, and compare, it's like man, like. My job sucks. If we're using all this old busted technology. How do I want to do that? Right? Like, I, I, I guess that's what it's going oh, because at. Because it works. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah there, there, There's that, right? Yeah. Um, but we're already seeing, um, or at least I've been seeing, like, uh, what do you call common Twitter polls. You know, some of the people I follow, like, oh, like, you know, would you would you join a job if it wasn't Swift only? I'm like, oh, it seems like it's a jump jumped the gun a little bit, but you can see how people are already feeling that way, right? Like um right wrong or indifferent around objective c there are clearly a whole class of people who just don't want to use it anymore so coming back to to Mm stack share i think that's kind of what people could ultimately use this for is like what does our how does our company compare to others sort of thing right so i think if if you own a company and you hypothetically wanted to get people involved you're like oh man like my current job sucks. The only cool thing that we do is we do Docker. But like, hey, look, there's this other company that does Docker. I'm going to jump over to theirs. Probably it.
1: Hmm.
3: I think it's kind of more interesting to me, just kind of like peek under the hood and see what people are doing.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a More of a curiosity there. <laughs> yeah. well, it's interesting to get ideas from what other people are using. But it's, it, it sort of reminds me of that that app that you can get on your phone to, to publish your home page kind of thing, right? Isn't that well, what you're,
2: you share your home screen. Yeah, so, you so, can, uh, so, so show what so, apps you got.
1: Yes, yeah, so exactly. Sort I of know things. exactly what you mean. But I mean, like you know, and admittedly, if I was going to go for a job and I was, and they told me I'm going to be working on a Windows machine and they're going to give me my very own, you know, IBM ThinkPad to work on, I would run to the hills, you know, uh, or. In the same sense, you know, like I think I've I've talked to a few people in, in recently about you know joining their organizations and you know they don't use uh, Slack for instance they use the other thing what's that HipChat I think is the other one like you know that could be like why would that really matter what tool people are using in house like I don't know
2: because it's it's all about finding a job uh, like if you look at this in the bottom they're saying. Show your company's entire software stack to engineers. Um, The points are attract developers by explaining what you use and why. Oh, okay. Easily reference your stack by sharing it on job hiring sites.
1: Well so, that makes that makes sense now because like I noticed on iOS leads uh, that I've been looking at the last couple of weeks or last couple of months um, they're listing off the techno some of the technology stacks that that are people are people are using in their in their leads which i I thought was a little odd you know, to be honest with you to borrow a phrase from mark you know mm-hmm. I kind of wondered why that would be there but uh, it seems like these, these seem like technological crutches to a certain extent yeah it does there's you know
2: like with technology there's always a sort of um popularity contest in terms of mm-hmm. you know, what's what's in vogue right now what's in style you know like like how swift is in and objective c is out mm-hmm. um where you know the, the, the fact of the matter is that we're going to be having to write objective c for many years yeah. to come right um yep. the, the styles and the fashions uh, don't necessarily reflect reality but a site like StackShare is going to perpetuate those those fashions
1: mm-hmm.
2: by showing what the cool kids are using And well we, are, we all got to be the, the cool kids right but then again, there are some things that are just genuinely better. Like Docker is a genuinely uh, amazing technology, you know, for mm-hmm. DevOps, right? Right, right. Um, maybe not so much for developers, because can't even figure out what the hell it is or how it works. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it in only the most, you know, nebulous way. Uh, suffice to say that it's a, I know it's a big deal. I just, uh, nuts and bolts, have a really hard time figuring out how to use it. But I know it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are other things, you know. Like I think Slack is... Maybe a bit overrated. Um, I like hmm. it and all, but I I can set it up against HipChat and see that it's it's pretty darn similar, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. You yeah.
2: know, both of them kind of have the same def- deficits too. You know, none of them support a native client. I think that's a huge deal that they just continue to ignore. But you know, that's my uh, problem with them. <laughs>
1: it's not everybody else's. Parting comments on this?
3: Uh, no, not really. Although I guess if you do own a company, it's probably in your best interests to. Um uh, manage the PR here because I, I I'm under the impression that companies um, are kind of
1: on here whether they want to be or not. So yeah, they're if you have like, like the stock that is... They can scrape. They'll they'll put yeah. it on here. Oh, yep. oh, really? You don't think people have voluntarily put the stuff up there per se? Not everybody. That, yeah, it, I did clear.
0: a search on a couple of companies and and uh, they were unclaimed. You know, this was this was a commute a community source. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Canada. That old chestnut. Yeah. mm-hmm. You can claim this company if you like. Yeah, exactly. Oh well, that's that's the trouble with the the world out there. Nobody, everybody's yeah. looking under the hood.
0: It's funny. I, I look at a lot of resumes these days for uh, of candidates, and and one thing I see is that it seems to be the thing to just fill a resume with with buzzwords of different packages and tools and this and that and not that you've used. Yeah. And and I see people you know who are at a company for three months or whatever, and and used 30 different tools while they were at the company for three months. And, of course, there's no way they really used all those things. Mm-hmm. So so I wonder if this is just part of the trend of, uh, you know, automated uh, uh, resumes searching for, for keywords, which mm-hmm. is very common these days, right? Recruiters do this all the time. They just kind of search LinkedIn or whatever for keywords, try to narrow in on candidates. So, of course, candidates in response... Have started putting everything but the kitchen sink onto their resume, yeah. Uh, just in hope of getting, you know, getting a, a hit. So I wonder if this is just part of this trend of, of, you know, it's a, a consensus that more is better uh, in terms of words.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Baffle them <laughs> with BS, is the old terminology. Yeah.
3: It is a weird cat and mouse game. I, I think the one quick thing I would say, Mark, is I totally am in agreement with that, and that. Um, I've definitely seen people turn down candidates. It was like, oh well, you know, we use Python and Django, but this is a Ruby on Rails developer. I'm like, yeah, they've been doing it for ten years. Like, come on, man, it's it's web development. It's not right. all that different between these two platforms. Right. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: But we use CoffeeScript, not JavaScript. Blah blah blah. <laughs> right, yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah.
1: Another link that Jaime put up here is the App, App TV apps site. Is that what is that? A, a collection of well, what you as it says this? on the tin, the best Apple TV apps
3: curated by Rob Lewis. Okay. I honestly, don't know who Rob Lewis is. He's apparently a developer at Radweb, according to uh, Twitter. I'm gonna guess he's um, in the UK. Yes, that
2: is correct.
3: Hmm. In Portsmouth, UK. Uh, in any case, um we've talked about, I don't actually know if I've been on the show when this happened, but at least you guys talked about the fact that, you know, it's not necessarily super easy to find apps on the Apple TV. You know, there was, yeah.
2: Yeah. We talked I think about it's been that. an
3: evolving uh-huh. experience, right. For the app store on there. Um, so these sorts of things crop up, right? Like here's one individual's view of like, Hey, here's some really cool apps. Like, um, uh what is it called oh my gosh i can't even find- oh there we go sketch party tv seems like it's real hot like a lot of people seem to like that app it's uh-huh. so much fun <laughs> seems like a real fun uh party game kind of thing that you can do or um let's say a lot of these are kind of channel related like bbc iplayer or channel 4 news plane finder i think would actually be pretty cool um you know checking to see when people are coming in and out sort of thing uh mm-hmm. Without having to switch on an app or something um, and totally change what I'm doing, just uh just flick over to this other app on my Apple TV and see what's going on. Get some
0: context. It's broken. Has anyone looked at this panel app? It's on the panel. list. It's uh, a analytics app. for Apple TV. So it looks like it's a display that shows. Oh hi! There you are. Analytics from apps, I guess. I, I you know I'm, I'm looking at it on my Mac and I have my Apple TV on, so I can't actually look at the at the uh, description.
3: Use what you already know, which includes mixed panel,
1: Google Sheets, Google Analytics, yeah. Stripe, Shopify. Simply beautiful way to display analytics on your Apple TV.
0: Yeah, a lot I of companies like to put a, a big display on the wall that shows analytics of what their site is doing, what their app is doing. It looks yeah, like this well, could do that kind of thing.
1: Well it's interesting. I think I'm not sure if it was Jaime or, or Greg maybe was talking about the fact or maybe Aaron, but the fact that you could have like an Apple TV you know in your in your uh, mezzanine as people are waiting for things to happen m- you know m- my hairdresser has an apple tv and they you know play stuff on there all the time but and i've gone to places where they had like an hd tv displaying commercials that they had done in the past so this could be a similar kind of idea right App. oh look at that magpie magpie shows up on the list no way it's in the Get second the
3: column out. i had to hit the next page
2: oh in the next page there's yeah. another page like oh my page. god there's more it's like a page it's like a little it's, it's, page down it's, here it's, it's not a like, oh my god it's magpie
1: <laughs> it's just like oh, the oh, other app store <laughs> yeah holy crap oh. check this out all of a sudden this site's got legitimacy eh, Aaron. yeah, yeah. And this site is the real <laughs> deal kids pick of the week on november 12th <laughs> wow,
2: what, is what this a great about
1: site <laughs> it, it just pulls stuff from I the haven't... itunes or the itunes uh listing i can't find um magpie i'm so disappointed
0: no, I don't see it either. Yeah, I'm not you sure if these the are site. shown
1: in the same exact order. Um, Might be
3: just the width of the window that I have right now that makes it actually show up. But from November or, 12th,
2: 2015. Yeah, I got three wide. How many wide have you got? Three. Three, got wide. three wide. I'm just going down the center column. I'm surprised you know what Uh, I'm, there's little of that I'm seeing here are games. Uh, Jetpack, joyride, beach, yeah, bug, but beach buggy racing. I would have expected it to be like nine to one games to other and uh it's significantly less than that
3: yeah i think that probably says something about the curator himself
2: right absolutely yeah huh.
0: so i made it all the way to the bottom and i still don't see magpie
2: well what do you think of that you 100%. could also search for it so there's a
3: little hamburger menu Tasty in the perfect. upper left hand corner which i think this is probably like a tumblr site or something i would yeah. guess yeah and you yeah. just search for magpie Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, where's the surprise? And del- oh, there, that's why That's why I, I didn't recognize it because it was not purple. Not purple. Yeah, it's not purple. Okay.
2: Anyway, cool site. And I guess, uh, you know, it would be best if
1: there were an oh, artist. I can heart it too. Look at that. I just hearted it. Oh, maybe not. Way to heart it. <laughs> oh, it's Tumblr. Okay. Oh, let's see. I see. After we logged into Tumblr to use this, I guess. Yeah, so in any case, people can go check that out.
3: You know, if you have an Apple TV, see if you find anything in there you like. See if you get any ideas for apps you yourself could create. Thought I'd throw it out there. Cool.
1: So this is a Tumblr site, so it's basically running on Tumblr's technology. Because when I click on the heart, it wants me to, uh, to log some, in. Log in to Tumblr.
0: Yeah. Have to. Oh, click on the heart, I did.
1: And there's no apparent RSS
2: feed, I guess. which is unfortunate too, because it would be nice to have an RSS feed of, of this thing. You know what I mean? RSS, man. I hear you, man. That's well, where is it? I mean, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. I type in rss.xml. <laughs> hey, that actually worked. <laughs> I'm going to add this to my... Uh, your RSS feed? My RSS feed. You're darn tooting. Yeah, hey there, NetNewsWire. What's up? Yeah,
1: I'm totally adding that to my feed. Now, that actually worked. Oh, is that what you use for your uh, RSS feed, NetNewsWire? Yeah. Oh, okay, because yep. I'm using RSS bot or something like that. Yeah,
2: when uh, when BlackPixel came out with our uh, NetNewsWire, I switched over. I was using um, Reader as a client uh, mm-hmm. with the feed... Oh, poo. Underscore David Smith's uh, RSS hosting service, uh-huh. whose name eludes me right now, unfortunately. So uh, I was using that, which is a, a, an annual subscription that you buy uh, to belong to that service, and I just uh, ended my subscription because NetNewsWire is available on all platforms, and includes a cloud syncing service so i've got track all my feeds in there so
1: uh not perfect but uh very strong app and that runs and as an app, actual app that you it launches yeah. up yeah i think yeah, I, it's i'm on, using the what is it rss bot or whatever yeah
2: then newswire is on mac and ios all right aaron are feed you wrangler. talking about feed yes. wrangler yeah Thank there you. we go that's it yeah join for 19 dollars a year that's what i was doing i was i was paying that twenty dollars a year in order to have that sync, and then of course it works with uh, a large variety of RSS clients. Um, let's, do, let's do our picks now. What do you say? Are we there? Are we are, we 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 are there. Be we're there. Off
1: here? wait. Hang on. Um, you don't want to talk about the Twitter point release? No. You were just happy to oh, have one, right?
2: I, I I didn't even know about it because, as you know, I'm not a Twitter for Mac user. Oh, this is FU for Aaron. Who it's put basically that on there? just FU. So it's got various bug fixes.
1: Did, Gar- did, Gar- did, Gar- did Greg put this on, or something,
2: or? Must have. Uh, sneaky guy. It looks like they've added a bunch of features. because it's quite a quite a, a selection of content here in the what's new for four hundred one. Mm-hmm. Like they added inline video playback, GIF support, group direct mess. Nah, nah, nah. This is. I assume that was from the previous was, update, yeah, and the only thing yeah. that's new is the various, various bug, bug fixes. fixes right. Quite right. Uh, okay, so we we are not
1: yet in a position to judge. Well, as developers we all know what various bug fixes means, right? Well no, actually, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what what does that mean? Because you Tim? don't want to admit what you did wrong. Oh
2: <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. We fixed the thing where we yeah, were coding we're like idiots. Shh,
1: yes Quite, quite don't don't don't, don't, we
2: but you know. Yeah. Don't
0: tell them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So I, it's don't, the, I don't think that's necessarily true. I, I, I'm I think kidding. it also means there were so many little stupid little things that they're not even worth mentioning. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. This is this is a bug my mom found, so I had to fix it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's go around the table like we usually do and see if anybody has any picks this week, and we'll stop at Aaron and see if you have a pick. I do. And the, this one is a follow-on to my
2: little rant about the iPad Mini 4. Uh, it is uh, a case, and it's called the Como iPad Mini 4 case. It is actually um, it, it's the equivalent of going to Apple... And buying a smart cover and, and what they, whatever they call the back case. Because one of the big changes Apple made with the iPad Mini 4 in their case uh, selection mm-hmm. is instead of offering a single smart case that like, is one unit that you put the iPad in and it has a back and a front, mm-hmm. they now sell two separate things. Mm-hmm. The cover and the back. And you can buy them individually.
1: Uh, yeah. Why? Because they want to make more money! Well, and this is what I was talking about earlier with my iPad Pro, is that they have the same, same deal here, right?
2: The iPad Pro, uh, yeah, it, that has a back cover case, and uh, I was a little put off by the pricing of the complete solution for the iPad Mini. I wanted, wanted back-and-front coverage, and I didn't want to spend 80 to $90 doing it, and so I, I browsed around <laughs> the web looking for reviews of um, alternative cases and came across this one. Link's in the show notes, and uh, it's 20 bucks all in, like, after shipping. And this is Canadian dollars, by the way, so it's probably even less. uh, Sorry, how do they say it? U.S. of A. U.S. of A. So, uh, be even less there. And uh, it got good reviews. Uh, I like the look of it. They have a a very large selection of colors. I chose orange uh, as the cover with a black back, and it looks super sharp. And it was here in, like, three days. Um and it works great. It actually it fits really well. It's got it feels like the same kind of build quality as an Apple case. I couldn't be more pleased with it. So the only thing, the only thing is I've got a charging dock that this thing doesn't fit into anymore. And uh that's ah. that was disappointing, but uh it's got a really nice back feel to it. It's it's a matte finish on the back, but it's sort of like um a soft touch kind of thing. I don't know how to describe this. I'm rubbing it now. Do you hear that? Ooh. Um I can't I can't describe what this is, but it's got a really nice feel to it. It does pick up a little bit of uh, grease from my fingers. You know, like that photo you just put in there, Tim. Yeah. Um, where you can kind of see that uh, you've got... Man, you're very careless, man. You're just so careless. Um, That's pro- it's probably dog slobber is what it is. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So you, can just, you, know, you 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 know touch it and you know it gets a little... My point of my picture is you can things. see how it
1: doesn't fit on the ca- on the iPad
2: anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do see that. But this this thing is is really sharp. Uh it's got really nice finish, good build quality, fits like a glove and um, works exactly as advertised. The uh the smart cover itself um which of course is magnetized so that it turns the thing on and off, um it is exactly like the like the polyvinyl covers that uh, that yeah. you used to get on the iPad, so mm-hmm. um, it's almost indistinguishable. Uh so overall, uh top pick. I'm a big fan. Uh and the price was sure right. Um so little risk and uh, big reward. So if you're looking for an iPad mini four case, they make the same case for the iPad, other iPad minis. Um, and that's available at the same link on Amazon. This is a dot CA link. So um, our American friends will have to switch to the dot. American. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And yeah do you I... notice the uh, sound boost? Which is like, Oh yeah. It says boost three decibels in volume, improves acoustic, prevents dust from coming in
2: yeah it's funny like i just noticed that in the in the case itself uh, you have to look very closely to see it uh because it's built right into the um the edge of the case you know Uh, it's hollowed out around where the speakers are so it pushes the sound towards you if you're facing the ipad Um, as you would with your hand if you were trying to cup the uh, speaker to angle Mm -hmm. it towards you Mm -hmm. Um, that's what this is doing i don't I, i can't speak to its effectiveness at this point
1: yeah, I have a, I have the Incipio case, which for my iPad, which I had for the air, in a similar case where it's got a, it's a hard back, but it ended with a rub, like a rubber neoprene edge, and then it's the with the integrated uh, lid with the magnets, and it turned on and off when you when you close it. Similar idea. But anyway, the picture I just posted up there for you guys to look at was was how badly my um, I'm going to say ninety nine dollar, maybe even
0: more than that. Um, I'm okay. Just use a uh, a Finti ten dollar faux leather folio. <laughs> it actually works great. I'm not kidding. It's for uh, iPad, Mark. For my for my iPad Air two. Yep. Do you have a link? Uh, or, I, I or spell it out it. for me so that F I N I T I E. Oh no, sorry. F I N T I E from the emboss. I got an
2: Amazon uh, link. Soft shell. Not,
0: that, smart not shell soft piece. shell. I, I've got the faux leather one. Ten bucks, eh? It's Ten bucks, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah,
1: yeah, one's... I have. I, it's
0: it's a... thick, you know. It's it. it doesn't uh, doesn't let you appreciate the real thinness of the iPad Air two. But it's because it's more like you know one of those. Remember in the old days, people used to carry around these these cases where you'd write stuff on pages in it. You know? Yeah, it's a folio. Yeah. yeah, it kind of has the feel of that, but it's pretty solid, and uh, and it has the it, it has the magnetic thing, so it you know it opens when it. When you open it and turns off when it, clears yeah. It's got got all the right holes for all the cameras and chargers sure. and whatnot. Well,
1: did they? Did they make? I wonder if they make one for the iPad Pro. The reason I bought the iPad no. Pro one was because once you get the iPad Pro in your hand and it's so big and it's so shiny, you don't want it to get wrecked. So, you know, at the time I bought it, you know, it just made sense to buy the case from right. I mean, the only one available at the time was was in the Apple Store, right? So. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm looking at their website now. But you're right, I, you, I, I do prefer the, I prefer the leather I
1: prefer the leather cases myself, you know, even go back to my old Newton days, right? So
0: yep.
1: and, the, and the thing about this is the leather has a nice patina after a while as it wears, you know? Yeah. Which I really like.
0: Well you won't get a real leather one for ten bucks, but get the faux leather.
1: Oh, is that what yours is? Faux leather? Faux well leather? it's probably it's probably like a microfiber type thing. which is what the inside yeah. of the smart cover is anyway, that's what cleans up the grime and grease and stuff like that, is the is the Yeah, mic- on the
0: inside it's got a nice soft uh, like microfiber, um, yeah block microfiber thing, yeah,
1: made it of pop bottles, that's almost like Mark has a pick, yeah, oh my this is God, my pick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting, so we're, we're starting uh, the new year right, but Mark has a pick this year, yeah, well, on their own website it it's now listed as twenty three ninety nine but I bought it from Amazon for I think it was nine ninety nine or something around that mm-hmm mm-hmm, so maybe you know, shop around where you buy it Yep. well my wife bought, but we bought there my wife a
1: really expensive leather one back in the old ipad two days and uh it was made in italy and it was like really it was almost like handcrafted but all the glue came undone after a certain period of time and oh, really? it just fell apart so we should have spent 10 bucks instead of what we spent on it yep
3: um do you have a pick i do it's a blog post by <clears throat> i'm gonna butcher this name so i'm gonna do my best Christoph Zablocki. Oh, yes. So oh, I guess yeah. that's pronounced. There are vowels that are missing in this name. So I apologize because I'm not sure how to read that. America. In any case, it's called Little Things That Can Make Your Life Easier in 2016. So uh, it's a collection of like tips, or actually, a vast majority of this is plugins for um, Alcatraz on Xcode. Mm. Uh, but I think the user breakpoints is one that I like, think a lot of people don't use often enough. And it's super easy to to do. And the example they give that's certainly annoyed me anytime I've had to use anybody else's laptop for, to do some debugging is yeah. um, just importing UI kit so that you can just print what you know some object happens to be without being told. Oh, hey, you can't find an object of type ID. It's like, well, it's not ID. Come on, man. Come on. Just do that automatically for me, Xcode. Um, some of these are more interesting, like um, like logging all methods called in Objective C. Uh, switching over to the plugins area, I think one that looks real interesting to me is um, uh, VV Documenter, and maybe it just tickles me fancy because uh, I used to do SDK work, and so it was kind of monotonous having to. Oh, okay, I have to do this header
1: piece ah, to, cool. to
3: have all this information. And VV Documenter is the plugin I'm talking about that will use um, the context from. In this example, they have a, a very long Objective C method that has you know several. Um, several parameters. And it says, oh, okay, you know, here's a description. It's Here's the parameters, parameter, here's what it returns. And you can just kind of have autocomplete type stuff just, you know, bang out the information you need for uh, writing your docs.
1: Does it read, like, the parameters as properties, or is that just sort of a template boilerplate thing that's put in there? I was under
3: the impression that it reads the actual parameters themselves. It does.
2: Yeah, it clearly does. Using this example, you can yeah, see that.
3: Cool. Yeah, so that, that one was pretty neat. I like, uh, I'm not a huge fan of like huge amounts of documentation, but since in that prior job I was doing SDK work, and the whole point was for developers to know what we were doing,
1: yeah,
3: because uh, they, all they would get is the headers, they wouldn't see the, the source code itself. Um, that sort of thing would have been super helpful. Huh. Yeah, And there's more stuff on here, um, including one that caught my attention but I did not have enough time to poke uh, around with, and that's KZ Playground, which apparently is swift playgrounds but supporting both objective c and swift code oh cool yeah that might be a future pick of the week if i get a chance to play around with this it mm-hmm. looks pretty
2: awesome who codes in objective c anymore anyway though who cares right besides, besides me yes besides you <laughs> me <laughs> and Jaime, and mark and uh, oh <clears throat> you know i did uh, i did some objective c coding this uh week you know just a little bit because wow. uh, i was supporting an old client and it's the first time i've written objective c in about two months mm-hmm. boy did i notice
1: yeah, well, it's, it's funny. Freezing. Greg and I were comparing comparing notes on an app that he was had a hand in building in Swift for the, the RW boys, and I was trying to figure something out, and I was stuck, so he sent me the, the code, and we had a look at it, and so he was talking to me in Swift, and I was responding back to him on Objective-C, and we were able to have a conversation, believe it or not, <laughs> and we actually did solve the problem, so there you go. Um but I was going to say about this user breakpoint thing, it's one of the things I use in the training of uh, the students, especially with like uh, things like, um, what do you call it, uh, view... What do you call it? View hierarchy, right? You know, you know when the, the how the views render, like when view did load and when view will appear, things like that get called. You can actually go in and put in under action. You can put you know log a comment in there, and so that when something when when you hit a specific breakpoint, rather than stopping your application, it'll actually just make a comment into your log, and then it's a helpful tool for trying to figure things out. And oh yeah, that's loading incredible. order, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: especially for things where. The timing is important, so yeah. just stopping at a breakpoint stops the, the timing issue that caused your bug in the first place.
1: Right, yeah. Have
0: you ever seen that kind of thing? Uh, happens with asynchronous stuff sometimes.
1: Yeah, so with yeah, this, very uh, useful. with the option in the, in the image here of the automatic continue after evaluating breakpoints, so in the action you can say, uh, I forget what it is, it's like log command or, or whatever it is like that, and you can put your own words in there, sort of, okay, view did load, ran here, and then as you're going through the, you know, the loop of, uh, of what, what's happening in your app, like you're setting it to the background, you want to see what happens when you come back to the foreground, that kind of thing, like it's a, helpful to illuminate to the students what's going on when, when they're working in your app and it of course can help you in debugging your app as well so it's kind of a useful thing i'll say another
3: useful one is um i don't even remember what it's called it's like the auto layout trace so yes. if you have an ambiguous view it'll say "Oh, here's everything that was being rendered and here's the one we decided to break in order to make it a valid layout right that one's right. useful to have in there too because nothing is more of a bummer than just watching your app explode because you forgot to do something silly with constraints
1: uh uh-huh, Hmm. uh hmm interesting my pick is, again, with the iPad Pro. Here he goes again, right? So uh, one of the things that I was fascinated with, and I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, uh, was the a new class in iOS 9 called UI Touch, and the enumerated value is dot .stylus. And some of the new features you get from this. Well, um, uh, Carolyn Begby from the RayWonderlick.com group has just produced, actually yesterday, a tutorial on Apple Pencil, that goes through with an app. Um, and, of course, you requires you to have an iPad Pro and a pencil. You can do some things with your finger. And she goes through all the different um, aspects of writing uh, an app, basically, with uh, using the, the iPad Pencil and taking advantage of the uh, the increased scan rates, uh, how much force you can apply and how to measure that force, how to improve uh, accuracy of the stroke using the pr- predictive uh, stroking stuff that and the extra... Um, Uh, touch points that the iPad Pro and the iPad Pencil in combination capture, as well as being able to use the pencil on its side. Because one of the things about the Apple Pencil, which I haven't got a hand in my hand, so I haven't tried yet, but is apparently if you hold the pencil on an angle, it emulates uh, or can emulate the kind of experience you would get with an actual physical pencil where you get a different kind of stroke because you're using the side of the lead as opposed to the tip of the lead. So if you're interested in... One, writing a drawing app is a good example of doing that, but also using the Apple Pencil and then a, a, applying or taking advantage and putting support for the Apple Pencil into your apps. It's a great little tutorial, runs you through a little bit of math and a little bit of geometry, but uh, but makes it quite, quite plain uh, to use Apple Pencil. And that's called uh, the Apple Pencil Tutorial, Getting Started. Questions? Comments? Nothing? I'm just breezing through this
3: briefly and it is interesting so i do like the uh, the graphics that are included mm-hmm. to help me understand like what uh, the apple pencil considers to be altitude versus azimuth right and that's i think that's exactly what you were talking about right now right so using yeah. a, an azimuth value to or, sort of give that that edge and i think they're drawing like a heart or something yeah and you can see how the the hump part of the heart is very thick as you mentioned it's like a pencil is on its side and then the very pointy part is very crisp and thin, as if the pencil had been lifted back up and was pointing you know, nearly perpendicular to the surface. Right,
1: and the amount of force uh, applied affects the width of the stroke as well. And then as when she gets down to the part where we're playing with opacity, you know, if you've got the pencil on its side so it's in that shading mode, and you apply more force, then the combination of the force and the, um, the, the angle allows you to do sort of different shading this is very similar to i can't wait to get my pencil because this is very similar to natural drawing where you that's how you how you hold the pencil isn't you know how you you hold a pencil when you're writing it's how you hold it when you're you know sketching and you're you t- learn in school to to hold your pencil and your crayon or whatever it is you're working with pastels uh in different positions to get different effects right so and it's it, typical of apple it's they've gone beyond just making a plastic stylus if you will right uh, by applying all this kind of uh, extra extra feedback that you can then you know, put in your uh, user's callbacks into your, into your app, right? Yeah, I mean, as we mentioned
3: earlier, I mean, get some open source designs and this tutorial and boom, you yeah. got a coloring book app, cash in, thanks, cash <laughs> in.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, like I've always wanted to make a drawing app, for instance, because that's sort of where, where my background is, right? So cool stuff.
0: What about, what about a, a, a an app for comic book writers with Mm -hmm. sort of a set of stock images and things like that you can pull in and write in you know build your comic book around that
1: yeah did you ever have I was thinking about this as an app idea and um do you remember ever having like the sticker books where you had like a letter set sheet and you'd rub the stickers onto the the page to make your own little stories?
2: Oh my God, yeah. Yep, I, I just,
1: yep. I was just talking about that last week with someone else. Well, because, because, uh, uh, Simon yeah. Pegg was talking, he did a, an article on his experience with Star Wars and he was talking about when he was a little kid, because I think he's probably the same in your age range, Aaron. And he was talking about having like a Star, Star Wars, you know, like a diet, like a cantina scene or yep. for instance, like that. And he would, and have this letter set stuff and he would scrub off the little aliens and, make his own little diorama if you will right Um, i was actually thinking about making an app to emulate that kind of experience you know because i Mm. I remember doing that kind of stuff when i was a kid as well right
2: yeah like we we had all kinds of branded you know letra sets Uh and uh i can't remember what the name of it was like i i I know the term letra set yeah that's not what it was called it was like and i had superheroes um you know i'm just googling now action
1: transfers is well, in my old art portfolios downstairs, I was, we were digging around the basement a couple of months ago, and I, I found some actual real-life letter set. letter set was a branded, you know, art piece that you would buy at art stores to do all the sort of glyphs and stuff like that. You can now get fonts to do, right? Yeah. Um, and Letraset was the company that made, like, character sets that you would then use to, you know, do your artwork with your your, your, um, your advertising pieces with, right? But. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this was a different, but a similar kind of thing where it was like rub on kind of, tra- yeah, rub yeah, on yeah. transfer kind of deal. Yeah, right? and you get like sheets, like you get a scene,
2: you get sheets of like action heroes. Yeah. And you'd put them on to the scene uh, by rubbing them on. uh super awesome I, I had such a blast with those
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i'm saying wouldn't it be kind of cool if you could combine that with like an ipad pro and a pencil and then and yeah. then as you rub it off it kind of because you remember if you if you didn't rub it off perfectly and you pulled it up too quickly it would only get half the drawing where you yeah where you, you miss an arm. pressure or whatever yeah but then again but there was also i think there were other ones where you had bits of pieces like you'd have a, a torso and arms and legs and you could pose or make your own poses as well right for sure yeah yeah oh gosh
2: that dog I heard. A joke. I
1: was listening to a comedian today on TV. Uh, I took a break this afternoon, and he was talking about you know the difference between third world countries and first world countries. In third world countries, the kids are outside playing, mm-hmm. and in in our in first world countries, they're all in the house, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> playing on their iPads. That is true. <laughs> Sad but true. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a uh, walk down memory lane there. Yeah, it sure was. All right. Let's button her up, Tim. All right. Uh, so, Aaron, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? Go to the Twitter machine, at AaronVay. And Jaime, if people were finding you on the internet? It's
3: also on Twitter, at Hair
1: And Mark? Mark
0: R at Smapsoft.com.
1: And I am Tim, uh, Timitra on... Timmy. Tim. I'm Tim Mitra, the Twitter machine, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A, and I'm at my website, it-guy.com, and like that. So I guess we'll see you guys next week, and till then, adieu. See you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hey, if
2: you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There, you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items that we talk about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. Hey, if you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website. And if you could also write a review on iTunes, that would be amazing. And if you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press the recommend button now. I'll wait. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. The podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thank you so much for listening. Love you guys.
0: Uh, as yeah, much as I there were a lot of in front the Jedi <laughs> that's true yeah
3: um, but I I am cognizant of the fact that like they I, I can see why they felt they needed that right like it needed to feel like Star Wars and I think in some cases they went a little too literal with that in making it yeah. Star Wars A New Hope
0: yeah
3: um, but I think they needed something to sort of cleanse the palate for people out of after the prequels right yeah that's true uh, that's yeah. true it's yeah. like but it, it, like, it, it, Kylo Ren is like a much more convincing Anakin Skywalker than Anakin Skywalker oh, was.
0: Yeah, no, she was good. Actually, she was the high point. of the No, movie. He's, like, Kylo
1: Ren's is a bad guy.
0: Oh, Ray, I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, which one? Who are you talking? Yo, you talking about the guy uh, who, uh, who looks like, like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Scrooge And McDonough. so,
3: right, like he's he's a a much more convincing portrayal of what Anakin should have been, right? Like, so forget wasting time with Episode One and like, oh look, he's a cute little kid. It's like, no, no, no. That it, we don't need none of that. Just show him as like a teenager, roughly kind of guy. Who's kind of an ass kind of wants you know yeah feels like life is not quite working his way definitely related to luke because he whines all the time <laughs> yeah and i think this guy does like a, a i think this character does a much better job of portraying what that that could have been right yeah, yeah
0: but yeah, you know there sense- were issues with him too and and i'll tell you i'll tell you one in particular when the movie starts we're meant to think he's a total badass yeah
1: Exactly. Right? yeah
0: he's he's doing stuff like he's stopping blaster shots yeah. with his, with the force yep and that was not the character of the second half of the movie. I mean, the the character in the second half of the movie mm. lost a lost a uh, 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 a lightsaber battle to a guy who'd never ever picked up a lightsaber <laughs> ever, and didn't have any uh, midochloria, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, midochlorians. mid-ochlorians. Yeah, he was yeah, the yeah. Force guy. Yeah. Right. How does that happen? Yeah. I know he was injured by by uh by uh, uh by yeah. crossbow bolt or whatever it yeah. was. I yeah. know, yeah, I know. But you know, why didn't he just do one of his, you know, power force shoves like he did with the with the blaster bolt and knock the guy off the off the cliff. Yeah, yeah. So I think
3: with a so thematically I think what they were going for, and I posted a, a link in here to um T R r traitor character that everybody loves now. Like this is this is the Boba Fett of uh, of the new of the new trilogy. I think what they were going for thematically with Kyler Ren was the guy has a lot of talent, but he's also pretty much just a big bully, right? Yeah. Like, there was nobody who could who could um, challenge him at all. So it's kind of like that, that bully from uh, the movie Christmas Story that's, like, big and scares all the kids. Yeah, yeah. Until the little guy kicks his ass and it's, like, <laughs> revealed, like, oh, wait, like, he actually can't handle himself when somebody actually goes out and, sure. and shows himself, right? Yeah. Like, I think there are some more practical things they did to show, um, like, how it makes somewhat more sense, right? Like, they went way out of their way to show that, that Chewie's blaster bolt was going to be super powerful, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, they did it multiple times. And I think they also showed that there's uh, combat training of some sort beyond just blasters for the, um, the stormtroopers. Mm. As exemplified by TR-8R, right? Who has got, like, a baton sort of thing.
1: Yeah, but yeah. It, but it's funny though that that, you know, it, Finn's character at the very beginning of the movie doesn't want to kill anybody. Well, I guess he didn't want to kill innocent people. Is that what you're, th- you're cuz I mean cuz he doesn't seem to have a problem killing people in the in, in near the end of the movie or firing yeah, off blasters right. and uh, at later on in the movie. Killing right?
0: people that, you know, he grew up with and were Yeah, buddies. Like it's like me shooting you guys,
1: exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, screw you guys. I'm not with the I'm not with the Android team, right? So Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What was the point of the character played by Brad of Tarth, if you if you get the reference. Oh yeah, the oh, ca- Captain it, Plasma, yeah, Plasma. <laughs> that is a huge
3: loss. I think honestly, I think that character is only there to sell toys. Like I think she yeah. will be in subsequent movies and I think her yeah. role will make more sense in this movie, it could have been a completely random stormtrooper, and it would have worked just yeah, as well. Yeah, and she
1: just totally gives up, like, you know, and, and opens the doors or whatever she's yeah. supposed to do. But but you're right, because cause Jonathan was telling me that, that Captain Plasma or Pasma, Plasma? Or her name Plasma? Plasma. Plasma. She she apparently has a huge role in, in the canon. Like, again, it was a wasted character, I think, other than other than to maybe, you know, have people on the, on the red carpet kind of thing, right? So... Yeah, I think it was a, t- a toy thing. And I actually think the
3: portrayal in the movie hurts the character because yeah. it would have worked better to not have her in here in this one, right? Yeah. yeah. Have it be uh, some it other sense. captain who who gives up the thing and have her come in as a badass is like hey I'm not like that chump I would never have, have given up the, the secret to our, our
1: shields yeah. and come in and kick some ass right exactly. like I think it
3: actually hurts the portrayal by having her in this character and then she's got yeah. a
1: fiduciary duty that she gave up by opening the doors but and Jonathan was pointing I out sure too there's another, there's another character uh, that has like sort of a, a oriental hat and all, face all covered up he's sort of a bounty hunter type character that you can buy a figure in the stores whose scene was cut from the movie oh yeah yeah, so and I think I mind mean, that I think he gets like he's, you see him for a split second when somebody just cuts him in half with a laser or something like that at one point. But but yeah, it's just it's again it's, it, yeah. I question having gone back and seen the movie a second time and now paying attention to that character, I don't get it. You know. Yeah,
0: and the funny thing about the character too is, except for the original cast, yeah, and the one who the, there's one sort of famous actress who was completely made into a muppet. Right, she was the one who, who uh, ran the uh, the cantina. Right. Oh yes, other yes. Them, other than them, the the actress who plays Captain Phasma was was the was the most well known actor in the whole movie.
1: Yeah, and well, and she
0: wore the armor the whole time. I didn't even know it was her until after the fact.
1: Well, Oscar Isaac's Oscar Isaac's the guy who plays Poe F- uh, Poe Poe po? the the yeah. the, um, the, the X wing fighter uh, the you Know the best fighter in the rebellion, whatever you called him. Yeah, he's actually a well known actor, too, right? So, really, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, right. he was he was in he was the, the 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 evil genius in um the movie about the the AI robot that he built. Anyway, he yeah. sort of he plays. A sort I, I don't of, know,
0: uh, the, the the actress I'm talking about is is like one of the main characters, yeah, in, in the Thrones Game TV of Thrones, show.
1: exactly. It's yeah, yeah, Gwyneth but, something or other, yeah. yeah, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn, um, something like that. Yeah. Do you guys know who the? Do you guys know? I, 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 this is not a spoiler for people who follow the. the uh, actually, by the way, I am recording right now, but the the. Um, recording this? Yeah, just this last part, because
0: um, you guys don't talk about on the podcast.
1: <laughs> well, <it's laughs> it was, kind of a stop
0: recording for a second. <laughs>
1: well, hang on. Wait, 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 okay. I want yes. to ask you this question just before. So the guy, the stormtrooper who. Uh, is in the when rays in, in chains right or she's tied up and she says you will release me and open the door and and leave with the door open do yeah. you know who the who played the stormtrooper in that scene No, uh, yeah, it's daniel craig daniel craig oh was? Yeah, yeah james, it was james bond. bond who was a, oh, okay. was a cameo yeah, okay.
0: all right yeah he's a he's a big actor too yeah <laughs>